This week's episode of the Living Strong Podcast is brought to you by Canadian Protein. Are you guys tired of spending so much money on your supplements and not getting the best quality out there? Well, Canadian Protein has changed the game. They offer the best quality in supplements and in protein, all in bulk packaging and at a fraction of the price. I've been using their plant-based protein for months now. It's the best tasting protein I've ever had. They have so many different flavors and it's not at all chalky. If you guys want to get your hands on some Canadian protein supplements, head on over to canadianprotein.com and use code LIVINGSTRONGPOD at checkout for 10% off your first order. You are listening to the Living Strong Podcast. It is a movement to show that anyone out there in the world has the potential to become their best self and reach any goal they put their mind and heart to. Every week we'll be in your ears giving you tips, tricks and stories that will get you off the couch and turn your life around. Thank you for listening. Welcome back guys to another episode of the Living Strong Podcast. This week I got Zach Evanish on, on the podcast. He's a strength and conditioning coach out of New Jersey. He actually has his own gym called the Underground Strength Gym and we discuss about how he started in the strength and conditioning world in the years of like 2001-2002, how he uh, went from working out in his parents' uh, garage and backyard to opening up his home place and all the struggles that uh, came with that. We also talk about working out at home and how to stay fit in times of crisis like we are going through right now with this COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So he gives a lot of tips uh, for our listeners on how to uh, stay strong throughout these times. He's a real awesome guy and he truly believes in the world of strength and conditioning and how it could bring you to new heights in life uh, through the mind, through your physique, through your, your body and your health. Just uh, It was an awesome podcast. He has a lot to bring to the table and I really hope you guys enjoy it. So let's get right into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Living Strong Podcast. This week, I got Zach Evanish on the other side. He is an amazing guy. I first learned uh, about him through the Spartan Up podcast, which also made me start my own podcast. So it's just a, a real like full circle uh, epiphany for me right now. Uh, so uh, Zach, welcome to the show. Gianluca, thank you, my bro. So uh, thanks for having me. I'm recording from my gym here. <laughs> it's uh, crazy times now with this coronavirus thing going on so um, it really is it really is really leveraging my uh leveraging my time and getting in more podcasts than normal so i'm i'm grateful to be on your show my friend thank you so much so so zach uh, why don't you give us a quick about yourself for everyone that's listening that might not not know about you or who you are or your gym sure so uh started my you know, journey into this full-time strength and conditioning that I do, uh, that I'm known for around 2001, 2002. And uh, so those early 2000s, I actually started from my parents' garage and backyard. At the time, I was a uh, physical education teacher, and I wanted to just start utilizing my bodybuilding background to help train some people, but I didn't really have the intent on just training athletes. I didn't have any plan to open a gym. I just planned on, you know, I loved being a teacher and I was going to kind of do this on the side. And so when I started just training out of my house, it was really because the gym I loved to go to was about 30 minutes away. And at the time, 
I was so busy with working full time. I was coaching wrestling. I was in graduate school, which was an hour drive each way. And one night I was one evening driving to the gym and I got stuck in traffic and I couldn't even like get off of the highway. And uh, it just like, remember, it broke my heart because I was like, oh my God, I don't think, um, I actually don't think I'm going to be able to go to this gym. It was called Diamond Gym okay. because I was stuck in traffic. I had all this schoolwork to do and I just was burning the candle at both ends. So I said, all right, I can't train in these normal gyms anymore either. And this is, you know, almost 20 years ago when there weren't all these chain gyms, but I just couldn't. I didn't like the atmosphere. And so yeah. I set up a little gym in my parents' garage, very, very small, and started training a few kids in the summer. But uh, one summer, it got very serious for me after I had torn my ACL. I was a fifth-year teacher, so I was 27 at the time. It was like 2002, 2003. And I said, that's it. I have to help other athletes avoid all these painful mistakes I went through. And that is how this creation of the underground strength gym began. I started training the athletes in different ways than how I used to train. I started training them with stones in the backyard. I started taking them out to like local parks and, cool. you know, uh, throwing under picnic tables, pressing picnic tables, jumping on picnic tables, carrying rocks. And it was almost like, a it was it was like my artwork blended with some science and I basically became obsessed with trying to figure out the best ways to train athletes to get stronger and faster and tougher and since then you know now I have two gyms uh I've got the underground strength gym we're in New Jersey two locations I've uh, had coaches travel to my gym for my certification from all around the world Wow. And uh, a thousand plus coaches. And so really now I'm more, I don't just focus on the strength and conditioning. You know, you mentioned you heard about me through the Spartan Up podcast. So now a lot of what I do is more of like this training for life. So I work yeah. with not just athletes, but also military, um, corporate executives, people who want to train in a way that develops the mind and the body. And so it's like a constantly evolving thing that I'm doing with how I, how I train people and how I put out my information online, trying to really change the world through strength. Yeah. And uh, your, your uh, um, email, uh, the, the email list that you have, I'm part of it. And uh, every morning when I see those emails, uh, all the emails that you send out, it's just amazing. All the, 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 the links that you added to it, all those books that you've written in, in your, your, your career. So it just shows that you're really in it for the long run and you're not here to make a quick buck, right? And that's what I really like yeah, about, well, about you. I've been writing those uh, emails almost every day since like 2002. And that's I, crazy. early 2000s, I learned to build my own websites. I got a newsletter. Uh, my newsletter is over at ZachStrength.com. And really, it's to empower people. So now, you know, we see all this stuff with coronavirus, yeah. with um, everybody trying to sell body weight and sell this uh, at-home thing and that at-home thing, when really it's like, hey, man, I've been doing that since like yeah, 18 for years. years. 
Right. So I'm not trying to sell something because now it's convenient. I've always created and supported that stuff because that's what works. I utilize that stuff out of necessity. When I started training athletes, I didn't have the money for all the fancy gym equipment. So we used stones and I made sandbags and I would go to the track local tire yard and get tractor tires for exercises. And uh, that stuff is what we did so long ago. And what's interesting is people got away from it. Yeah. They got into so much fancy training and I, feel like the fancy stuff it does not develop the mind it just kind of makes your body look good and for some people that's what they want they just want to focus on the external and what it does for the appearance but for me I'm always more of how does it change your life what does it do for your you know uh your spirit yeah no, for sure. And I, I was uh, I was laughing a bit while you were saying your, your your journey through how you started your own gym in your parents' garage. And my my story a bit is the same way. Uh, I have a gym about maybe a, a kilometer away from me, and the owners and the workers never took it seriously. They would say that they would open up at six a.m. and I would be there at five fifty nine waiting for these doors to open, and no one would show up. Yep. No one would show up. The workers would always be late and. I'm like, you know what? I've had enough about this. I'm paying uh, through my teeth to, to, to be a part of this gym and you guys aren't taking it seriously. So I'm like, you know what? Let me start my own gym. And I, you're, I don't know if you see in the back, I have like right here, I have some tires. I have, a, I made my own uh, pile box. I have a pull-up bar. I got some free weights. I got some. Loads. Oh yeah. So me, um, I, I'm on my phone, so I don't see it, but okay. send me photos. I, yeah. lo I love to see when people create their own gym and uh i just love it it gets me so it gets me fired up man for sure yes yeah, so i'll send you some pictures for sure it, it's just like the way you just explained that you started with with rocks and all that like i'm my uh, my father-in-law is in uh, is a cement finisher i'm gonna ask him to make me some some uh, big boulders out of cement so i can yeah. go around in my backyard in the summer like i really want to sort of the same way you did i want to go back to the old ways of training. I don't want all these fancy equipment. Okay, I need a bar, I need some plates, but I don't need uh, the top of the line stuff as long as it works and it could do what I need to do and get me to where I wanna go with my, my body, my mind, and my, 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 my health, I'm gonna do it, right? Why? Uh, you know, you could, hear, you could hear how excited you get from the training. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's like, we, we don't get that kind of feeling when we're in a gym where people are on their cell phone in between sets and the, you know, the, you're, you're stuffed into a building. I like to be able to have freedom, train outdoors, train in a garage, train anywhere. You know, exactly. like I, I don't care how I train. Anything can get me or you strong. There's many ways to it, but uh, having freedom to train anywhere is where there's a lot of power. And so, you know, with the gym, my gyms have been forced to shut down. We have uh, a private Facebook group for our athletes and their parents. We see kids like training with tree stumps, nice. making equipment, just, you know, they're finding a way to train. And to me, it's like, that's what this has been about. So you're not 
so they don't rely on us. They're not stuck relying on me to hold their hand. Um, and to me, that's what the coaching has been about is it makes no sense if you could only train when we tell you what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Most important is, are you strong to figure this out on your own when the shit hits the fan like times like this? Yeah, for sure. And it shows who's the, the real athlete and who's just there, especially maybe in your case, because like you said, you have a lot of kids. Like you'll see who really wants, wants it to want it and who's just being forced to be there by their parents too as well. The kids that really want it are going well, to go out, out of their way, right? So we, we do a great job of kind of screening the people before good. they can even get here. Good, so you good. can't really just get in here to train so easily. And it's been uh, – it allows me to get keep the right people here. And some people are not ready for it emotionally. You know, we train middle school, high school, and college athletes. Okay. So athletes anywhere from age 12, you know, through their mid-20s. We have a few adults at my one location. And then my other location, we have a lot of adults. But they train – the athletes and the adults train very, very similar – there are certain adjustments we make, but in a nutshell, the, the training is, uh, it's tough for yeah, everybody. For sure. And so when did you start getting into strength training at a young, young age or what, did it all happen in that like years of 2001, 2002? Oh yeah. I started in 1989 training out of my, uh, out of my brother, in my brother's room. And so, <laughs> uh, come here, mama. I'm just leaving my gym. I take my dog with me. Nice. And so <laughs> she's crazy. So when I started training, I kind of was just utilizing whatever my brother had in his room. He had those weights that were filled with sand. Yeah. And, um, and I copied workouts from the books and the magazines that he had laying around. And so Arnold Schwarzenegger was big, big influence for me. And so 1989 and the 90s, was not really a time where any strength and conditioning information was available. It was just kind of figure it out on your own and that's it. And so I didn't really have the knowledge or the experience for what I have now, obviously. And it's like, you know, the kids today or people in general, they're very lucky because the information so freely available but ironically there's still a lot of people doing the wrong stuff you know I coach full-time at a high school and so when I started coaching there I got to see thinking oh these kids will have good knowledge they've been training since before I got here there's all this information on the internet and when I saw them train without me coaching them it was like, holy hell, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And so the world needs a lot more help than we think it does with training and with, you know, the knowledge of fitness in general, probably because there's too much information now and a lot of it is misinformation. Yeah, for sure. I always say nothing more expensive than bad information. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. There is so much information out there. And you, you have to really uh, go through it all to really see what's the good, what's the bad. 
and what what will work for you as well because it could work for someone else and it won't work for you right so you really need to, right. to tailor that stuff towards you so how do you how do you work in your in your gym what's your philosophy well what's the philosophy difference the difference of the uh, wait let me rephrase this question what's the difference sure. in the philosophy of training in your gym and training at your school with your athletes at the school Well, at the at the school that I coach at, when I got there, the whole setup of the gym was really wrong. You know, it was set up basically like um, an old bodybuilding gym, okay. and that's that's the problem. It was set up for people to do chest and biceps when that's not really what they needed. And so, I had to go in there, move equipment, get rid get rid of equipment, and. Uh, basically get rid of stuff so that um, I could train these guys the way I wanted to train them. And basically <laughs> I, I ruffled a lot of feathers when I got there because they're like, Oh my, they're like, Oh my God, you're getting rid of, sorry. No worries. <laughs> there he's getting rid of these benches. He's getting rid of all these two and a half pound plates. They just had a lot of equipment that really uh, encouraged sitting down laying down and it was unorganized and uh there's not you know i always say like there's nothing worse than having a messy gym that's unorganized and makes it difficult for kids to figure out what they should do what they need to do <clears throat> and so i organized things i got rid of anything that was not a necessity and The first equipment we ordered was uh, kettlebells and bands nice. because we had a lot of dumbbells, which was great. Uh, but for the first month, first two months, actually, the kids did not touch a barbell. You know, they did all kinds of dumbbell and body weight training and uh, outdoor sprint work. There's a uh, fields right outside the gym with some nice hills. So a lot of hill sprints and it basically developed their body and their mind and also a lot of mobility and flexibility because they trained in a fashion that was like chest and bicep work. So yeah. I knew I had to kind of meet them in the middle. I had to make sure they did arm work at the end of each workout to get them to be excited about training and include bench press, things like that. <clears throat> But then I had to incorporate the stuff I knew they needed which was full range of motion, body weight exercises, a lot of jump training, animal crawls, walking on yeah. their hands, and uh, a lot of carrying. So dumbbell farmer walks, overhead dumbbell carries. I basically have this system of how I train athletes when they enter my gym. What does a beginner do? How do I assess them? And I just took that <clears throat> and plugged it into this high school that I was working at. And uh, it took much longer because I'm training such large groups. Usually yeah. my first group of the day was around 65 to 75 wow. athletes. So wow. yeah, it was crazy. And so at my gym, it's more like on average 10 athletes at a time, eight athletes at a time. And so <clears throat> what I had to tell these kids was everybody in the room is a coach. It's not just me. It's all of us working together. So if somebody's doing a half squat and you don't coach them or say anything, you're not a good teammate. You are not doing your job. You're not coaching. And so a lot of the change was not so much just the equipment and the organization of the gym. 
a lot of the change was the culture and the mindset and the attitude of the kids that and that is still the biggest change that i'm working on yeah for sure and like you said it's a it's a whole different philosophy from doing like uh like bodybuilding workouts to house and then really uh, working out to 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 get stronger not only uh physically but uh, in the mind as well because anyone like you said could bench press and could could do bicep curls but when you're telling a person to do uh, 100 yard sprints and then burpees and then overhead presses and this and that it's a whole different ball game it gets a lot into the mind i find especially now for myself i started doing um a lot of barbell complexes that i've been incorporating into yeah. my workout and i always put the overhead presses like to the second or the last exercise so <laughs> when i'm fully depleted and it's really that's when my mind kicks in and says no you could do this you could push this weight and i go forward and i and i, and I, and I always break my uh not break my pr but i always get to where i want to go right and i find that that's the difference between a, a regular gym and either training at home or training with a group of individuals that really push themselves forward because like you said a regular gym you'll have the guys on their phone you'll have the guys looking at the girls you'll have the girls looking at the guys <laughs> there's never there's never really unless you're really dedicated it's really hard to work in a, in a, a regular gym and and get that mind body connection i find Yeah, and people will say, oh, well, you should be focusing and, and on your own work. The bottom line is the atmosphere and the environment you're in is either a battery charger or a battery drainer. Exactly. And so if I surround myself with other like-minded people, uh, my performance is going to elevate or <clears throat> remove myself from these you know, negative environments, these kind of lackluster, crappy energy environments. My energy is also going to increase because i can now dig deep into a world that i've created or that you've created and so home gyms are extremely extremely powerful and you know what you said about these barbell complexes and training the mind you know this needs to happen more than ever because people now they they break down under the easiest conditions right people are yeah. breaking down and fighting over toilet paper <laughs> and it, it's like really like is that is that your is that your struggle is that what makes your day so hard or or yeah. you had to go out late at night late at night to the supermarket to find food you know it's now what we're seeing is the people out there who go hunting they've they've got the control they could go yeah. and hunt and actually eat what they kill and whether we agree with hunting or not me I, i don't care if that's what you do to get your food then go i say go for it exactly. but it's amazing that like you know you to be strong and it's like you must be capable it's like you're you know functional training they talk about that word all the time like are you capable of surviving and thriving when really the shit hits the fan and right now the shit hasn't hit the fan right like no they're just telling us <clears throat> stay inside but exactly. seven years ago hurricane sandy hit hit my town and this town got destroyed i live in a beach town the homes were destroyed people were living in tents there was no wow. power for two plus weeks i mean that is when you know there's no power then there's no gasoline then you don't have heat for your house then how are you doing things if you have young kids or even babies so people 
I, I always caution them of these comfortable environments. That's what you need to stay away from. Comfort is the enemy. There's no two ways about it. Being comfortable, being comfortable does not benefit you in, in life. I mean, there's certainly times where we rest, we relax, of course. But if you're seeking comfort, that is actually a bad and dangerous place to be in because um, you're going to rely on everybody else but yourself to survive. <laughs> and it's like what you said uh, on the podcast that you had recently with Joe, uh, Joe DeSena from Spartan. Uh, yep. And you guys mentioned at seven years old, what do you want to say about this time that you sat down on your couch and watched TV and, and uh, Netflix and all that shit? Or do you want to be the one saying that I took that time to better myself, that I, I got stronger physically, I got stronger mentally, I really uh, reconnected with my kids and all that. So really, like in times like these, you need to, to, to take a step back and see how comfortable life really was, like you said, and say, you know what, I need to, I need to struggle a little bit. I need to see what, what the hard shit is. I need to, to get back into my, my, my zone and all that. Like the other day, yeah, I this, this is... This is a challenging time for a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, if you're writing your book of life, what is this chapter going to be? Oh, let me tell you about the book of chapter seven, coronavirus time. I sat and watched Netflix and, you know, ate shit and did shit. Well, you're a loser then. That's the yeah, bottom line. Exactly. You need to attack life. You know, what does this chapter of your life, what does it, what are you writing in this chapter? Yeah. No, crazy. Um, so we, we, you mentioned a bit about food uh, regarding the coronavirus and all that, but I had a question regarding the athletes that you train. Do you also uh, give them uh, uh, nutrition tips or meal plans and all that with the training, or is that separate from what you do? You just focus mainly yeah, on... Yeah, it's pretty training. basic. We, okay. we do pretty basic. We give them nutrition guidelines. When they sign up, we give them a welcome packet. I actually put it inside... Um, I have a website, the Underground Strength Academy. Yeah. I put that <clears throat> course in there. It's a called From Good to Greatness. It's basically a book about what it takes. And we give real basic guidelines because most athletes, when they come to us, they don't even eat breakfast. Then they buy the school lunch. Then they eat some sort of frozen <clears throat> dinner, you know, frozen dinner meal. And so it's like, all right, we're going to make some small changes right now that create you know, have a good, have a powerful effect. So we're going to start having breakfast. Your breakfast has to be eggs and toast, oatmeal with bananas and sliced almonds in it, things of that nature. Then you're not going to buy lunch anymore. You're going to pack lunch. You're going to make yourself, you know, a turkey or roast beef or tuna sandwich. You have a cup of Greek yogurt, a piece of fruit, maybe a granola bar with that, maybe some trail mix. So we start guiding them because kids nowadays are not going to make these dramatic big changes. They need to kind of go one step at a time, but in two to three weeks, they start feeling quite a dramatic change in their energy levels. They start responding to the training. They're getting strong. They're building muscle. And what I call this is turning the corner. They're not going to make a 180 degree turnaround on the first day. It's going to take them some time. And uh, that's how I look at it is we are not going, we used to early days when I trained athletes out of my first garage, the first house we bought, we had athletes who were very much capable. You know, we would say, 
run this hill, do 10 push-ups, do 10 pull-ups, you know, uh, sandbag power clean. If a kid went out and threw up, he came back in and, and finished <laughs> the workout. We were training in my garage. Then we would train in my backyard, carrying tree logs, climbing ropes. Um, we had a tree log that we would squat and do all these tough exercises with. But around 2010, maybe even, maybe even 2009, I just started seeing more athletes who were so weak and unfit that I learned that, that we cannot make them do a 180-degree transformation turnaround, that we're going to have to let them slowly turn the corner. They're going to have to make small changes every day <clears throat> that adds up to big changes. And so I made these kind of little things I wanted us to handle that would change things. So that was the breakfast and the lunch I spoke about. Yeah. Then it was, hey, do five push-ups and five squats in the morning. Do that again in the afternoon. Do that again at night. <clears throat> that's 15 yeah. a day. That's 75 Monday through Friday. And uh, that's 300 in a month. But eventually five reps becomes 10. 10 becomes 20. Then they start doing 50 push-ups a day. And so it's like the it has like the multiplication factor where yeah, for sure. things just things get better as they put in these little minutes of effort. That's, it doesn't take as much as they think. And then they got to decide, do I want to be good or do I want to be great? And being great is going to take much more effort. You know, being good is like 80%, you know, then we've got the top 10% who want to be great. And then the bottom 10%, they don't really give a shit. They actually just want to be part of the team. They do, they've got excuses for everything and they don't care if they're getting better at things. That's the unfortunate truth for that bottom 10%. And so I focus on the top 10% and taking some of these kids who are just good or even mediocre, helping them move into that top 10% to get them, to get them stronger, get them tougher, and so I've learned it takes time. You know, kids don't show up at our gym because they're beasts, right? They're showing up because they want they want to become a beast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That I really like that. And what do you say about because you mentioned the breakfast and all that? What do you say about yep. fasting and all that? Do you are you pro fasting? Are you for for kids I don't recommend the fasting. Okay. Um we really want to start them with getting some healthy eating habits first. Um, I'll tell you what, though, a lot of kids inadvertently fast because they just don't eat breakfast. And yeah. then, but then they go and eat like a shitty school lunch. And so this is where we need to make changes. And kids in general, they, they don't eat that much. They don't eat enough. And so if you, if you get them skipping breakfast, they are not going to um, have healthy meals after that. That is the main issue with the younger generation. And yeah. so, we need to get them, the breakfast has to be um, protein and fats or uh, protein and carbs. And that's why we keep it basic. We say, hey, you know, scramble up two eggs, make yourself a piece of toast with butter or a piece of toast with cheese on it. And <clears throat> that, boom, you get your, you get your breakfast in. Uh, or you have yourself some oatmeal. You put some sliced almonds in the oatmeal. And it's like we're, we're, making, we're making progress. So For sure. Cool. Uh, if we tell them to fast, then you know they're not. They're not eating. They're, they're not going. Right. 
they're not eating healthy. That's, that's the main issue. And so um, we, I, it's like I, people have said, hey, you know, when you're older, that's when you could start doing that stuff. Meaning, you know, we don't get these kids to try to eat like adults because they don't, they train, they, they're training in such a way where they require much more food. Um, they're not like the adults who sit at work all day. And so we have, you know, uh, things that we would do for them later, later as they get older. And then at this age, it's like, hey, let's just get you guys. I hate to use that word eating healthy. It's so, uh, yeah. it's so gen- general, generic, but that's this is what the kids need. And when we, when we get them eating, they build muscle. And, um, you know, who would this fasting work for? People of my age who want to, you know, burn more body fat and have an easy way to lower your calories. And so most of the time I'm fasting, I skip breakfast and I have my first workout of the morning with no food in my body. Although this morning I did eat breakfast because yesterday I actually didn't eat that much. So I go really by feel. I don't get too caught up in in this is how I have to eat. This is how I have to train. I'm very much what like years ago, I saw this movie. Actually, I was a kid. It's called the North shore. It was this kid from Arizona who goes to Hawaii and he lives there for surfing. And uh, in a nutshell, the guy that was training him to surf was like, Hey man, like we don't care what kind of surfboards we use. That's what you call a soul surfer. Like you should be able to surf on, you know, the five foot, 10 board or you should be able to surf on the board that's you know 10 feet 12 feet long a yeah. soul surfer will surf on anything and that actually really inspired me that movie not knowing that it was going to inspire me as a as a strength coach you know I was a I was probably like a, a young teenage kid maybe 13 when I saw that movie <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's crazy how the little things always inspire us and we only realize it later right. on in life I call it like now I'm a soul lifter. <laughs> I like that soul. You know? Lister. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like the, the same way. I go with the flow. Some days I'll fast. Some days I won't. It all depends on my day beforehand and on my workouts that I have planned for that day. But mo- most of the time, I would say I do fast in the morning and I do do my first workout fasted. And I always do about one to two workouts a day if uh, one is more of a strength, uh, strength base and the other one more of a cardio. So like I said, like, like you said, I, I, I go with the flow. I flow with what, what goes, uh, what, what I put into my body the day before, what I put into my body that day, and I make everything work. And so far, I feel amazing. So I guess it's working for me as well. Um, exactly. So uh, I, you mentioned before and the way how I found out about you was through Spartan. How did that uh, connection come up, uh, become alive? How did that happen? Uh, years ago, when Joe was coming out with his first book, uh, Spartan Up, he had, like most big authors, they have like a publicist that does outreach to, to get you on a, po- to get the person on a, to get the author on a yeah. podcast. And so what was interesting was they, uh, sent me this like cut and paste email. It was, it was actually really crappy. And it was like, Oh, would you like to get so-and-so on your podcast? He has a, Spartan race and people jump, jump through fire, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it was like, I emailed the person and I said, 
listen, I'd love to get you on my podcast, but that is the worst cut and paste <laughs> email ever. I said to them straight up. So I had known about Joe before that. And uh, I was actually up on his farm in Vermont to meet up with Mark Devine, who was the creator of Seal Fit. Yeah. And I had been in touch with Mark about um, just the stuff he was doing. And Joe didn't really have anything online. There was like a little photo bio of him for the death race. There was no videos. I mean, you couldn't find anything about him. Um, basically, I, I said to him, I said, listen, if you want this book to be huge, um, you, there's a couple things you need to do. I go, number one, nobody even knows enough about you. You should do like a mini documentary on your life. And that will, you know, people are going to buy you, not necessarily buying the book. They're going to buy the book because they're buying you. I said, then I'll connect you with big names to get you on certain podcasts. And yeah. so I was, um, at the time, uh, still, I'm good friends with the guys. Now they're called, um, they were called Barbell Shrugged. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so they had the Barbell Shrugged podcast. They had the Barbell Business podcast. Long story short, I spoke, I said, look, I'll bring my buddies out. Uh, we will film like crazy. We'll turn it into a mini documentary. We'll do multiple podcasts. And uh, while we were up there, I think we spent like two days there um, just training, filming, just killing it. Um, his, uh, his media person was there, Marion. Yeah. And uh, Marion's hanging out with us. And then Joe's like, what is this, a podcast? I never heard of a podcast. Then he says to Marion, I want to start a podcast. She's like, all right, here we go. <laughs> Boom. And so uh, I, was, I helped Joe launch his first book. I did a lot of the behind the scenes organizing cool. of the marketing and the outreach. And we just became good friends from there, doing, you know, doing work together. And so Joe is always, uh, as he says, getting in front of his skis like he's always ahead of what they're supposed to be doing and just pushing the envelope and so when he has an idea he just goes with it he doesn't really say is this profitable does this you know work properly he just goes for it and fit you know he jumps and then figures out on the way down if he actually exactly. has a parachute yeah he's crazy yeah. yeah it's really cool like um spartan really changed my life the spartan race uh so uh Every tell Joe, tell him thank you about that. <laughs> I used to be like uh, yeah. 300 something pounds about three years ago, and uh, oh my god, yeah. And <laughs> I signed up to the the Spartan race uh, that was uh, three months out, and I changed up my diet. I started training, uh, and it was here in Quebec. It was uh, in Stoneham. The, the the incline was ridiculous, and I completed it. And since then, I never looked back. Uh, uh, I train, I eat well, I compete, I, I still compete in Spartan races. So it really did change my life. It really made me do that full 180. And uh, because of that, and that's also another reason why I started this podcast. The same reason why uh, Joel started his podcast and put Spartan up is I want to try to help people to see that uh, a life change is easy and uh, being healthy and fit and working out is easy if you put the right, right mindset to it. Like you said, your athletes, even with all this crisis going around, they're still putting in the work. They're figuring out ways to stay healthy, to stay fit, to stay lean, to stay strong. And it's the same way for anybody. If they want, if everybody wants that, that health, uh, healthy looking body or, or being uh, a bit less on the body fat percentage or uh, being able to, to, to lift a bit heavier weight, well, you're not just going to get there by, by saying it, right? 
certain things work when you when you do mantras and all that but with with physique and with health and all that you really need to do the work as well and uh i realized that a lot of people don't understand that and that's one of the main reasons why i started the living strong podcast is to show people uh that that's it's it's not hard it just needs you need a half an hour a day and you could change your life that's the way i look at it yeah you know you know and look sometimes you don't even have a half hour Sometimes yeah. you have 15 minutes or sometimes it's just crazy. And so, okay, I'll do 10 squats and 10 push-ups every time I get a break. You might get 50 of them before you go to bed. And so yeah. <clears throat> spreading it out throughout the day, there are, there's always a way, you know, there's always a way. And for me, that's been the biggest reason why I keep kind of sharing my knowledge and information is like, I want people to be inspired to do work and to change their life because you know, fitness and training and bodybuilding that changed my life. And now I utilize, you know, strength and conditioning as the vehicle to change the lives of people. And it used to be just focused on athletes, but you know, I've been doing this for almost like multiple generations on the internet, the early two thousands. And so now it's like, I'm older people are following me different people are following me so it's very it's just good for me to just keep putting it out there and keep helping to change lives for sure and when when did you start your podcast oh man a long time ago oh, yeah? um I, uh, gosh i've definitely been doing it at least five years maybe longer nice nice yeah yeah it's that's been a long time strong life awesome. podcast yeah yeah it's awesome. I, I really like, I like the ones that you just yourself and it's like a five minute, 10 minute blurb that you're just talking about the strength and conditioning or when you have. Yeah, on. I have um, strong life podcast is my longer podcast. Yeah. And then I do the strong life insider, which is the shorter podcast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which I like both of them. They're, they're really, really good uh, for anybody listening. You should go definitely check that out. So uh, we're getting closer to the end of the, the podcast. We're going to start landing this plane. But before we do, what are some uh, personal and business goals that you have within the next, uh, let's say, year or so after all this crisis and you could open back up the gym and everything? <laughs> yeah, personal goal is, you know, I've been working on my own health. So really trying to figure out a knee issue that I've had. I, okay. I had some knee surgeries in my younger years from wrestling and jujitsu that seems to have kind of come back to be a little bit of a pain in the butt. So working, <clears throat> working on that and being able to run again, you know, that is the biggest thing For I sure. miss is like, uh, I love running, whether it's sprinting or distance runs, th- those are things that I miss. And then business goals is really, um, I have kind of these lower tier programs people can learn from me. I've got my uh, underground strength academy, but what I've just created is the Strong Life Brotherhood, which I'm trying to really dial in. And that's more of a higher end VIP coaching with me, a, a group, but it's very supportive, not just for me, but from all the members in there and uh, getting, getting my message out to more men. I really feel like the, the people who reach out to the, me the most are men, even though some women do reach out. Um, it tends to be a lot of men who have, lost kind of their physical edge the mental edge it's almost like what you're talking about like you were over 300 pounds and you your life has changed and it's really because you put things into action exactly. and you utilize the strong you use a lot utilize the spartan up podcast 
as like your training partner. Yeah. And so this is, this is really what I want to start impacting people with kind of training them of the mind and body. And so I'm on that mission, you know, it's not like something I'm just starting. I've been doing it for a while, but really want to take it to another level. Awesome. Awesome. And we have a little segment on the, the podcast called the three tips. So basically what would be three quick tips that you would give the listeners to, to, to keep staying on a strong life, uh, uh, like a, on a strong uh, path or uh, get onto yep. the path of living a strong life? Well, <clears throat> number one, it comes down to following through. There's a lot of information out there and sometimes people just, you know, put things off and delay things and procrastinate by complicating things. So number one is try to simplify, try to get rid, rid of things. Don't wait to go to a gym to get fit. Like people are messaging me now, Hey man, you must be going crazy with the gyms closed. No, I'm not at all going crazy because I'm doing kettlebell training outside calisthenics. I could do, if I didn't own a gym, I would have no problem. I spent six months just doing bodyweight training, uh, going to playgrounds and parks, utilizing monkey sure. bars and parallel bars. So number one is, you know, simplify and uh, eliminate a- any excuses, things that are holding you back. And, and sometimes you have to eliminate, um, you know, thoughts. And sometimes you have to eliminate negative people from your yep. inner circle, people that are <clears throat> holding you back. You know, we call those people battery drainers. Yep. So that's, that's number one. Number two is get organized and create a schedule. This is very big. So Sunday nights, I always map out what I'm going to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then Wednesday night, I reassess how things went. And then I map out Thursday and Friday. Then Friday, I'll kind of give myself one thing to do Saturday morning, one thing to do Sunday morning, then reassess. And then Sunday afternoon, I'm mapping out the next week. And so I always, you know, uh, encourage people, if you're not organized and you're not planning, then you're going to be what I call like, you're just going to consume other people's information. You're going to watch other people live their life while you waste your time. Kind of what you said earlier, like, I've heard people tell me that they spend four to eight hours on Facebook or Instagram, but they don't actually know what they're doing on Facebook or Instagram. And so when I wake up in the morning, I write or I do something for my body. I'm doing something that's productive and, you know, putting points up on the scoreboard of life. Whereas other people wake up, they check their social media. They watch what other people are doing. Now you're thinking about this person and that person. and, And now, you started off your day in a weaker manner, a non-powerful way. You're, you're looking at everybody else versus, you know, getting your own shit done. And so I don't, you know, like being in that realm at all. And so I control my environment and I control my time. I don't just manage it. I control it. Yeah, for sure. And what would be the, the, the last one? Three things. Um, <clears throat> I think it's consistency. You know, if you every day do one thing, it's 100% more than zero. So you may like not that. have 100% it, more yeah, than you may zero. Not, that's it. If you did one thing, right? Don't just say, well, ah, I couldn't get to the gym. Do 10 push ups, bang, 100% more than zero. Or, um, yeah. yeah, one thing. It's just one thing. And I, I could apply that to business, I apply it to everything. And it, it, uh, makes you feel better too because you're like yeah man i'm 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 working man i'm getting shit done 
Yeah, for sure. That's that's a re- I really like that. Hundred percent more than zero. That's really really cool. Yeah, I'm gonna steal that off your hat. <laughs> Good, yeah, do Co- it. Co- copyright that stuff quick. Um, wh- uh, so w- if people want to get to know more about you and all that, what would be the easiest way to, mm-hmm. to reach you on social media or uh, all that stuff? Yep. Um, probably start off with my free newsletter, the one that you read. It's a yep. ZachStrength.com. And um, on social, my uh, handle is ZEvenish, Z-E-V-E-N-E-S-H. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, they can find me and just Google my name. be pretty easy to find me. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Zach, for uh, being a part of the Living Strong podcast. And uh, hopefully, if ever I'm in uh, Jersey, in the next couple months when all these bands of traveling have uh over have come through maybe we'll yeah. meet up and we'll get a, a workout in together 100 percent, bro that would be great awesome thank you so much man all right thank you brother thanks for listening to this episode of the living strong podcast if you guys enjoyed what you heard and want to share this podcast with the world there's two things you could do you can leave us a review so we get a bigger reach and it will help us out so much and you can leave that on iTunes or anywhere you listen to your podcast or you could share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you so much, guys. Keep living strong. Thank you for listening and being part of the Living Strong podcast. Till next time, keep living strong.